Samuel will be in 1 Samuel chapter number 2 this morning, 1 Samuel chapter number 2, and let me remind you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock, and we look forward to what God has for us in the service this evening, <clears throat> and then look forward to a profitable week, uh, not just in our busy lives, but uh, <clears throat> in the work for the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter number 2, I'm going to read uh, the first 10 verses of this chapter, and if you... Uh, think back a couple of weeks ago, I preached from chapter number one on what Hannah's uh, heartache teaches us. If you were not here that, that, that morning, I would encourage you to go to our website, listen to that message. I think it'll be a help to you. First uh, Samuel chapter number two, begin reading in verse number one. <coughs> and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more, so exceeding, exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and his wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. I want to draw your attention. We'll look at all 10 verses throughout the message this morning. But I want to draw your attention back to verse number 1. And Hannah prayed. And Hannah prayed. This morning I want to speak on Hannah's prayer. Uh, Hannah's prayer, as we see in these first 10 voices, uh, verses, I believe there will be much uh, for us to learn this morning. Uh, I'll speak on that subject, Hannah's prayer. I'm going to have a word of prayer. And then I'll, I'm going to give you four thoughts about uh, the prayer this morning, and then just a few statements to close uh, the service that I think will be a help to us. Father, I pray as we look into the Word of God this morning, may the Spirit of God uh, work in our hearts. <laughs> may the Word of God uh, be very real to us today. And Father, I pray that this would be a life-changing service. I pray if there's one here unsaved, uh, they would get their salvation settled this morning. I pray for the child of God who is away from you. May they come home to you today. May they be reminded May it be real to them that you, as, as our Heavenly Father, uh, you long for fellowship with your children. And Father, I pray that we'll grow in our Christian life because of the message today. May some child of God determine uh, to take that next step in their Christian life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Hannah prayed. Much can be said about the prayer life of Hannah. Some we've already alluded to. Uh, in that message I referenced just a moment ago that I preached a couple of weeks ago. But we see documentation in Scripture here of Hannah's prayer. 
in Hannah, as we reflect back on 1 Samuel 1 to kind of summarize where we are in, in chapter number 2, uh, Hannah uh, had no children. Hannah was not capable of having a child. The Lord had closed her womb. Uh, it vexed the soul of Hannah. This was a sorrow that she had, she carried with her. And uh, we find in chapter number 1 that she took that to God. And she begged God for a change. And she pleaded with God uh, for him to intercede. And we know the story. And if you don't know the story, God did intercede and answer her prayer. And gave her a child named Samuel. Now she had promised that she would give this child to the Lord uh, if, if God were to answer this prayer. Uh, this is just as a side note. Be very, very careful making a promise to God and not keeping it. Uh, you may forget about it. But the God in heaven does not forget about it. Hannah, to her credit, uh, got a gift from God in that answered prayer. And to her credit, gave that gift right back to God. This is not my message this morning. but That should be a daily pattern in the life of a Christian. This morning, when you got up, it's obvious by the fact that you're here that your heart was beating this morning. It's obvious because you're here that you can at least somewhat breathe this morning. It's obvious you have life. That life, that day that God has given you is a gift to you and I. When the sun comes up, that happens gradually for those of you who don't know that. When the sun comes up and we have a new day, a prayer that will be on the lips of every child of God is thank you for this gift today. And you want to give it back to him. That's why the Lord's Day, there should never be a debate about where you're going to be. You're going to be in the house of God because you're giving it to him. How you live your life, it's a gift. To God, that's a whole other message, but we find this in the life of Hannah. We come to after her prayer is answered. We come to the point where she has brought her child back and given him to God. We pick up in verse number 1 of chapter 2, and Hannah prayed. <clears throat> chapter 2 is a response to chapter number 1. And here's another just quick point I'll make this morning. When God answers your prayer, you be quick to acknowledge that he answered your prayer. When God gives a blessing, you be quick to take the time to acknowledge the blessings of God. But chapter 2, this prayer that she prays is a result of chapter number 1. Hannah had turned to God. Hannah had looked to God, and God answered her prayer. We find many things in her prayer, and I'll jump right into the outline this morning because there's much I want to get to. We find the first part of her prayer was a prayer of, pra of praise. Look at verse number 1 and 2 again. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Uh, she begins right away with praising God. I thank God for the joy that I have in my heart this morning. It does not mean I don't have problems. I've got problems. Look around. I'm your pastor. I have problems. I have problems today, just as you have problems. But I, I, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I, I've been forgiven. God has been better to me than, than I deserve. I can rejoice in the Lord today. Christian, why don't we praise God? I know one reason we don't praise God is we're focused on all the problems that we have. And yes, these problems do scream for our attention and many times demand our attention, but God is still a good God. She takes the time to praise God. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. 
salvation. Oh, we ought to rejoice, not just in our personal salvation, but in the deliverance of God. All of us, all of us, we're here today because God has delivered us, not just from our sins through salvation, but He's delivered us from our own mistakes. He's delivered us from our own stupidity. He's delivered us from our own stubbornness, our own hard-headedness. You didn't know I knew that much about you, did I, this morning? He has delivered us from ourselves because He is a good God. Thank God for His blessings this morning. She continues in verse number 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. She begins her prayer with a prayer of praise. Christian, could I help us all this morning? The only time we talk to God in prayer should not be in our crisis hour. He wants us to turn to Him in our crisis hour. He wants us to make our petitions to Him. That should not be the only time you pray. And every prayer you pray shouldn't begin with, God, i got to have this. We find a pattern here of gratefulness. We find a pattern here of acknowledging the greatness and the blessings of God. Oh, if we would follow this pattern this morning and we would have a prayer of praise to our God. Is not God worthy of praise? Is not God worthy of our acknowledgement of who He is? I, th I thank God that I serve a holy God. I praise God this morning for His love and His care and His grace. Oh, we focus too much on our disappointments. We focus too much on our shortcomings. And we got to put our focus on our God this morning. Hey, prayer isn't all about you, by the way. Prayer is about a God who can move as only God could do. Sometimes we go to our prayer closet and it's all about us. It's what I have to have. It's what I need. And again, God wants to hear our needs. He wants us to make our petitions. But you know, it would be okay if we entered into our prayer closet or we just got alone by ourselves and say, God, I just want to talk to you. You already know what I need. But I just, want to talk, I just want to praise you for how great you are. I want to praise you for all of the goodness in my life. I want to praise you for all of the prayers that you have answered. I want to praise Praise you for getting me to this point. I believe a failure in the life of good people, of faithful Christians, is the failure to go to God with praise. Hannah is an example to all of us. Hannah is an example to not just, and she's often an example of, of what a mother should be, but she's an example for the preacher in his prayer life. She's an example for the Sunday school teacher in their prayer life. She's an example for all of us quick to go to God and say, I just want to brag on you a little bit because you're who you are. Thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you for your favor on me. And she begins to praise him because of who she is. It'll change you, Christian. If you spend some time praising God, I noticed the second thing about her prayer was a prayer of humility. Before I read verse 3, let me just say this on the heels of that. That's the reason why Christians don't pray. Because we're too full of ourselves. Christian, the reason why you haven't prayed this past week is because you don't think you need God. You don't think God is worthy of your praise. Say, Pastor, that's a little harsh. I'm looking for another answer. 
But as I look on the pages of Scripture, I'm reminded of what we are and reminded of who God is. I don't know that we find another one. Look at verse 3. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. I want to help us this morning. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Some, some people are good Christians. All you have to do is just listen to them talk for a few minutes, and they'll tell you how good of a Christian they are. Uh, don't we make such proud statements? He says, talk no more exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. Notice those last few words of verse 3, and by Him actions are weighed. Do we ever have this failure where we flip that around? The Bible says, by him actions are weighed, meaning he's the standard. We weigh everything against God. But sometimes we weigh God against our standard. God, I think I should have had this. I think you should have done this differently. We're weighing a holy and a righteous God and an omniscient, an all-powerful God against our desires. You want me to tell you how we know something is good? Because it's compared to God. That's why there's statements that Scripture makes. There's statements that are often true that we say, God is good in every situation. God is good even in that which we look at as a negative and hearty. Why? Because it came from a good God. And the humility that we find in Hannah. I wonder how many prayers, and Christian, I, I just want to help us this morning. I wonder how many prayers are not offered because we don't humble ourselves enough to realize that we need God. But then I wonder how many prayers are not answered because of the arrogancy in our heart when we offer them. I wonder how many times the heart of God is not moved because we don't come with a humble spirit. We come with a list of demands. We don't come with a request before the Almighty but we come with a list of gripes and complaints. And I thank God, as I spoke on recently on a Wednesday night, or maybe it was last Sunday, I thank God that He understands the groanings of our heart. And when we don't even know what to say to God, that we have a whole, the Holy Spirit inside of us says, God, let me just communicate with you what He needs that He can't communicate. Let me just talk to you about what they can't formulate the words together. I thank God that we have that advocate, the Holy Spirit of God, who speaks to God on our behalf. But would that God, would God's people humble themselves and pray? Would God's people come to God with a sense of humility? That, that is humility. It is an act of prayer to lower ourselves and say, that's why it's good. I, I like to pace a lot when I pray. But friend, there are times when I have to not just get on my knees. I have to get on my face before God because of His holiness, His righteousness, and the fact that He is the Almighty and I am but dust. The best I have to offer is, offer is filthy rags and the humility we find in the prayer. And we, let's, not, let's, let's not talk proudly anymore about what we've done. Let's not talk proudly anymore about what's going 
to happen. Let's not arrogantly come out of our mouth about how it's all going to work out. We don't need God. We can just move forward. We find a humility. It was not about her. It was about God. I wonder what God would do, Christian, in all of our lives if it wasn't about us, but it was about God. I find, thirdly, in her prayer this morning, I find it a bit to be a prayer of dependence. We find in verse 4, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumble are girded with strength. <coughs> they that were full have hired out themselves for bread. They that were hungry cease, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is wax feeble. Her prayer goes on, and there's a comparison and we're reminded of the sovereignty of God. No man is so mighty that he can't be brought down. But there's something else I want to see. I want to see the dependence. She says in verse number four, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. She did, there's a comparison. Those that have, they were full, but now they've got to go hire themselves out because life can change like that. And they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven. I circled those three words in my Bible, stumbled, hungry, and barren, as a reminder to me, if we just depend on God, God can change our circumstances. God can strengthen us as we go through life circumstances. We are reminded in the book of Psalms, as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not told that we'll never go through that valley. But we're reminded that God will strengthen us as we do go through that valley. We find a dependence. It was obvious, and we can go back to chapter number one, we'll not do so because of time, but it was obvious in the life of Hannah. She didn't let circumstances dictate her outlook. Don't, don't miss this. We know from the fervency she prayed in chapter number one, when there had been years of no movement, no hope, she still went to God. And we're reminded in her prayer that if you're stumbling today, if you stumble, God can strengthen you. If you're hungry, God can still fill you. If you're barren, now you can have seven children because God can change the circumstances in your life. We depend too much on man. We depend too much on our own wisdom. We depend too much on what we work out and we let circumstances dictate to us. Would to God, God's people, would depend on God once again and depend on Him for every need in our life and depend on Him to only change, to change the circumstances that only He can change. God always blesses a complete dependence on Him. God can, Hannah's an example, God can change your circumstances. God can change your situation, but you have to be completely de <laughs> dependent on him. You know, sometimes I believe this has been true, not just by experiences in my own life. But I believe it bears out in the life of others. And I believe scripture would bear this out as well. Book of Ecclesiastes, I believe, talks about it. Eventually, God's going to allow circumstances to come into your life where there's only one person you can depend on. Will you permit me for just a moment 
to use myself as a personal example and not criticize me for some of the things I'm going to say. God's blessed me. God's given me talents. God's given me abilities. I think God's given me a pretty sharp mind. But as a very young man, God put me in situations where not one talent could help me. Not one ability could help me. Not one thought could help me. But I had to completely depend on God. And I know there's more of that in my future. But there's been enough of that in my past. I can look back, removed from those things. And the safest I was was when I was completely dependent on God. The most blessed I was is when I could, when He removed not just a temptation to depend on something else, He removed the possibility of depending on anyone or anything other than Him. That's when I was the most secure. That's when my relationship was the strongest. That's when God could do the most, when I was completely dependent on Him. Friend, this morning, how much faith do you have when you do go to the prayer closet? Are you rationalizing, you thinking in your mind, well, God, let me throw a request your way, but yet I'm still going to try and work it all out myself. No, Hannah is speaking of the dependence of God. You can be hungry today and full tomorrow. You can be uh, wavering today and you can be strengthened tomorrow. You can be barren. She could testify Today, and you could have seven children tomorrow, we find a, a prayer of dependence. And then number four, we find this a prayer of acknowledgement. We find in verses 8 through 10, <laughs> he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among the princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 10, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall be thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. There's an acknowledgement that God's in control. Well, the... Epitaph has been written. God is in control. Well, seems like this is just the way life's going to be. He, verse 8, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among the princes. There's an acknowledgement of the greatness and the sovereignty of God. See, God is not a respecter of persons like you and I are. God does hear the prayers of his people. But they're humble prayers. They're dependent prayers. And she could not conclude her prayer without acknowledging that God is in complete control. I don't know what was in her heart at this time. I don't know that, but I can't help but think it does not reference 
chapter number one and her plight and the mocking she endured at the fact that she could have no children. The mocking she, she endured that she was dealing with a situation that others did not have to deal with. The mocking that she endured from her rival and adversary. <laughs> the fact that life had brought a burden and was hard in areas that were easy. Here she gives testimony to the fact, the acknowledgement, that ultimately, don't miss this, God gets to say. God gets to say. We find Hannah's prayer, a prayer of praise, a prayer of humility, a prayer of dependence, a prayer of acknowledgement. Much we can take from that. Now I'm going to make four quick statements and apply this and we'll close. First statement is this. Hannah's prayer was a revelation of Hannah's relationship with God. Did you catch that? This prayer, that is a prayer of praise, a prayer of humility, a prayer of dependence, a prayer of acknowledgement. It was a revelation of Hannah's relationship with God. Let me say it like this. This was not the first time she prayed. She could pray that prayer of praise because of her relationship with Him. It was a prayer of humility because of her relationship with Him. It was a prayer of dependence because of her relationship with Him. It was a prayer of acknowledgement because of her relationship with Him. Don't miss this. Hannah's prayer was a revelation of Hannah's relationship with God. Are you ready? Your prayer life is a revelation of your relationship with God. Let that sink in and let it convict all of us this morning. We like to complain about the problems. We like to blame God and everybody else for our problems. How's your prayer life this morning? What kind of business are we getting done between you and God? Well, see, your, your prayer is a, is a revelation of your relationship. A casual relationship with God does not produce prayers with depth. Let me say that again. A casual relationship with God does not produce prayers with any depth. Hannah had labored, not just in prayer for years, but Hannah had labored in her relationship with God. Even after God answered her request, you find the conclusion of, of, of chapter number one. Hannah's obedience and dependence on getting that child ready to go serve God with his life, her fulfillment of her, her, um, uh, her, her debt for her fulfillment of her promise to God. There's a lot of Christians that they've, they've made some promises to God and they, they have had some time with prayer, but, but they're not fulfilling their promises today. It does reflect in your prayer life. Don't tell me, don't tell me with a straight face because I'm not buying it, because I know this book too well. I've lived enough life to know that you can live in rebellion against the Word of God and have a prayer life to speak of. It does not happen. It is not reality. 
Don't tell me, Christian, that you never darken the door of a church, but you have a close relationship with God. You spend time with God in prayer. I'm just telling you, I don't believe you. Because our prayer life is a product of our relationship. This morning, I'm trying to help you. We want the answered prayers. We want the promises that God makes to his children. You need to put some effort into your relationship with God. Statement number two. Hannah's prayer was a revelation of who Hannah turned to due to life circumstances. Can I help you this morning? You're not the only one that's ever had a problem. This might come as a shock to some. You're not the only one that's ever shed a tear. When I encounter someone who has a broken heart, it's not shocking to me. They have a broken heart. It just means they're human. Doesn't mean I'm not sympathetic because I am. But here's the difference. Here's the make or break in your life this morning, Christian. This prayer is a revelation of previously. When Hannah had a burden, where did she turn for the solution? There's Christians, oh, you've got much to praise God about, but you don't have any answered prayers to really speak of because instead of going to God with your, your circumstance, you go to everybody else. Well, I might as well say it. We could eliminate a lot of gossip among God's people if we just talk to God about the things that we should talk to God about and not talk to everybody else about the things we should talk to God about. Hannah's prayer. I'm trying to help us all this morning. Hannah's prayer was a revelation of who Hannah turned to due to life circumstances. Young teenagers, young adults, young couples, listen to me. Maybe life has not been hard on you yet. You get this established now. You live long enough, life will bring you a heartache. It will bring you a burden. You get in your heart now, you're going to turn to God. You're going to turn to God. You're going to turn to God. This is a prayer. This prayer is a, oh, I'd love to pray this prayer. Oh, I want to identify with chapter number two. But what are you doing in chapter number one with your burden? What are you doing from chapter number one with your heartache? Who are you going to for the solution? Who are you going to for the comfort in those circumstances? If you get in the habit of just going to God, just going to God, just going to God. I just tell you from the pattern we see here, the time will come. Of course, God is going to be God. He is above all. He is holy. He is righteous. He's able to pick up who needs to be picked up and put down who needs to be put down. We can pray the same kind of prayer, but it's, got, it's a revelation of who we turn to. Statement number three. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Oh, listen. Please listen. Come from the heart of your pastor this morning. You'll never see God as you could see God if you do not turn to Him with life sorrows. You'll never see God as you could see God if you'll not turn to Him with life sorrows.
Some Christians will never know. They'll hear about it. They'll read about it. They may even hear preaching about it. They'll believe it's a real thing. But they'll never know the comfort of God. Because they don't go to God when they need comfort. They'll never know the security of just depending on God. They'll never see a side of God. They'll never know God in a way that they couldn't know Him because when life's sorrows take place and the burdens that they bear, they don't turn to God. They either push God away or they look in other areas. Friend, this morning, whatever life has brought you, maybe it's something you've been dealing with <coughs> for years and years and years. Maybe it's something that, got, that has just brought into your life or maybe it's right around the corner. Let me tell you this morning, you depend on God. You go to God. You go to God. You trust God. You work on your relationship with Him. That's when you'll see a sight of God that you've never seen before the comfort and the care and, and, and the provision that he provides and you'll know God in a deeper way. You'll never see God as you could if you do not turn. Is it safe to say, knowing what we know about 1 Samuel chapter 1 and what we've seen this morning about 1 Samuel chapter number 2, that Hannah had a relationship with God? Hannah could testify about who God was. Here's my last statement. You'll never see God as you could see God if you do not make your relationship with God priority. You'll never see God as you could see God if you do not make your relationship with God your priority. My desire for you as your pastor is for you to know God. It's for your relationship with God, your God, to grow. But I can tell you this morning that you'll never see God as you could if you don't make God your priority. When Hannah had a difficulty, God, became, God was her priority. When God intervened and out of His graciousness and goodness heard her, you know what? Her priority didn't change. And sad, it's sad to the detriment of a lot of Christians that we depend on God until God answers and our priority changes. Her priority didn't change. It was still God. This morning the application is simple. If you don't know Him personally, your salvation should be priority this morning. Nothing else matters if you're not saved. Nothing else matters if you've never trusted Christ for your salvation. That should be your priority above your religious standing, above church membership, above, above, above career, above anything else. Are you saved on your way to heaven? That should be the priority. And after salvation, child of God, listen to me this morning. Your priority ought to be your relationship with Him. 
We've been blessed. We've been blessed this morning by music from the choir, for solo, from a group. Their priority above hitting the right notes ought to be their relationship with God. I'm more concerned about my relationship with God than whether or not my outline's alliterated. Mom and Dad, don't be as concerned about your children starting for a ball team or getting an academic scholarship as you are their relationship with God. Christian, your priority should be God. Because at some point, at some point, the sorrow of heart is coming. The burden is coming. God allows things to come into our life. We should be a good enough Christian to do it anyway. But all of us, all of us are prone Overlook God and look at our own successes or our own failures. God puts us in a situation where we just have to depend on Him. My desire for all of us is that we can pray a prayer of praise, a prayer of humility, a prayer of dependence, a prayer of acknowledgement because of our relationship with Him. My desire this morning as we conclude the service, if you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, as I've already said, that needs to be the only thing you, talk about, you think about. In a moment, you're going to have the opportunity to walk down an aisle. And let a, if you're a man, a man will show you from the Bible how you can be saved. A lady, a lady will show you from the Bible how you can be saved. That should be your only priority, the only thing you think about. Child of God, this morning... You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Your priority should be your relationship with God. I want you to think about that for the next few moments. Because some Christian ought to make the determination that I might not can control. Don't miss this. I might not can control my circumstances. But every one of us can control our relationship with God. Every one of us can control our schedule, spend time with God, in the Word of God, through prayer. Every one of us can do that. I can't change. And, and, and think about this. So many times, <coughs> you as a member come to me and say, Pastor, would you pray for this? You come and say, I need prayer because there's a circumstance that I cannot change. And I need God to change it. Would to God we treat everything in our life that way? We go to God. We go to God. We go to God because you can't control circumstances. But you can control your relationship with God. This morning, allow that to be our focus. Father, I pray as we conclude.